You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I am your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. One of the more surprising facts about Shortwood is that it was for many years the largest Baptist congregation outside of London. Given the region's rural, lower-middle-class character, it's natural to wonder, how did this come about? In Albion Erdank's socioeconomic study of Shortwood Baptist, he looks to explain this expansion by the forces at work in the politics, economics, and sectarian religion of that time and place. No divine cause and effect is taken into account. Now, we know from Scripture that ultimately the reason Shortwood grew was because of the blessing of the risen Christ pouring out his Spirit in the preaching of the Word. People from a variety of backgrounds experienced the washing of regeneration, were baptized, and joined the church. Then, by the ongoing work of the Spirit, they lived out their faith in love toward each other and outsiders. But God also uses ordinary human activities as part of the process to grow his church. The local, national, and even international forces at work at the time played a role under God's hand to expand and also contract Shortwood Baptist. Let me give a few examples, all based around the theme of transportation. One of the reasons the church was able to grow after 1780 was because of the construction of a major new road from Bath in the south to Gloucester in the north. This ran right through the middle of Horsley and also passed through Nailsworth. More roads were added as offshoots and older roads were widened. These all connected Nailsworth to places like Minchinhampton and Avening, of whom we will hear later. This meant that travel through this relatively remote and hilly area significantly improved. People and commodities could be transported more easily. While many people had previously heard of, or perhaps occasionally visited, Shortwood Baptist, now they could regularly get back and forth to worship there. The church numbers had increased before that in part through the constant preaching of the gifted Benjamin Francis in town and the surrounding area. But now these people could actually get to his church. Thomas Flint, Francis's son-in-law, wrote the following in describing a Sunday worship scene. Any friend of evangelical religion must have enjoyed the sight of the several companies descending the surrounding hills on the Lord's Day to assemble at Shortwood, where on the rising ground above the meeting house, one group after another would appear emerging from the woods, some of them coming from ten miles distant and upwards. Nor was it uncommon for persons to unite in worship under that roof whose dwellings were 30 miles apart. This is really remarkable, since many of these folks would have been walking. But with the new road system, they could travel more safely, reliably, and quickly. Traveling several hours to church each way wasn't thought excessive. 
and as an aside, puts modern churchgoers to shame who scruple over a 40-minute drive to a sound place of worship. The Shortwood membership was 66 in 1758 when Francis became pastor. It grew rapidly at first, then stabilized, but with the help of the improvements in the road system, grew to 292 in 1799 when Francis died. And the growth continued under the next three pastors, who generally had long, stable terms in office. By the 1840s and 50s, membership was in the 600s, at one point actually above 700, with hearers numbering the same. On Census Day in 1851, which was a Sunday, the number attending Shortwood service was 1,235. This was an astounding 36.5% of the total population of Nailsworth. This compared to just 369 worshipers, or 11% of the population, at the state Anglican service, and 27% who attended the two dissenting congregational services. This growth, of course, required enlarged meeting places. During Francis's ministry, there were three expansions in 1760, 1774, and 1787. But the increase was not all gathered into Shortwood. Several churches were planted in Minchin Hampton and Avening, and these then followed Francis's pattern of sending itinerant preachers into the surrounding area. Plus, there were two preaching stations nearby. But of course, what transportation gives, it also takes away. Here are two examples. First, as the cloth industry moved from home and family-based production into factories, people had to walk to work each day. This could add hours, potentially, to the already eight or 12 or more hour days. Instead of being at home all week and then walking to worship on Sunday, they were now out every day. This left less time to care for the needs of the home, and so some people stopped coming to church and used the day for rest and gardening. This was coupled with the natural tendency for their six-day factory life to become the center of people's social lives rather than the home or church. So the fact that they could walk to work and now needed to go to the factory, had over time a natural tendency to lessen church attendance, especially among the poorest classes. But a second kind of negative transportation also took place. This was the transport or emigration of people out of England, often to Australia. In the up and down economic world of cloth production, there were times people considered their best option was to start all over. Sometimes this involved the parishes advancing money to those interested in leaving and even giving free ship transport away. The emigrants were paid half when they left England and the rest when they arrived at the destination. With a church so heavily made up of cloth workers, Shortwood was affected by all this. In 1839, more than 50 members emigrated to New South Wales, Australia. 
the church held a special prayer meeting in this regard. This movement of peoples was also encouraged by the government of Southern Australia in order to populate the land. They gave, quote, free passage to married couples of the working classes aged 15 to 30. These migrations, as they were called, made up anywhere from 10 to 35 percent of the church losses in the 1758 to 1864 time period. So these were some of the difficulties that transportation brought, as well as some of the blessings. In our church in Clarksville, Tennessee, we've experienced some similar forces at work. Clarksville is home to a large army base, and so families are regularly moved out and in every two to three years. That brings new people to us, but removes dear members. It has the effect of making officer development especially difficult. But larger changes have affected us positively. The large exodus from California over the past two years has added many people to our part of the country, including about a dozen just to our church membership. In all this, it's important to remember that these are not ultimately random or natural forces at work. These are events our sovereign God uses to save his elect, build his son's church, and glorify himself. Thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Thank you.